Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. Said you said you were very confident about this. You were like, "I'll get us into it. Step back, out of the way. Well, let me do it. Let me podcast. We're back. We had to take a week off. We're sorry about that, but we're back. I'm and not sorry. I am. I, ain't. I I hate any week we can't. It's the holidays. Record. But I am excited to get into the story. Not, well, I mean, I, that sounds that sounds weird. Like it's not a it's not a good one. But uh, it's a big story, and I just I want to get into it. Okay. Well, I, there was a topic that was suggested to us by several people, Jay and John and Heather, and I looked into it because I thought that can't be right. Surely this can't be happening still. But it's an old story. It's oldest time, really, the story of fake medicines. Yeah. Uh, that is current today. And Justin, I want to start off. By asking you, what is vitamin B17? Ah, yes. One of the most important Bs that we have. Obviously, the highest B vitamin there is, uh, full of explosive power. If, and... you, if you saw it on a shelf. Yeah. I bet it's big. I bet it's big pills. What it would be my guess. <laughs> you, well, but you wouldn't necessarily think there was anything wrong, right? If you heard vitamin B17 as a as a non-medical person it would not occur to you that that is odd correct this feels like a trap but i'm gonna grant you that no i would not. no right and like if a doctor said you should take more b vitamins and then didn't say anything else and then you saw a b17 you might think well maybe that's something yes that's it is extremely confusing yes. right okay so we're going to talk about vitamin b17 and how it's not a vitamin Oh, at all. That is, uh, you know, it's funny about that is the the name feels like almost like a misnomer <laughs> to me as a result. Well, that's exactly speaking of misnomers. That's exactly what Ernest Krebs Jr. was hoping you would you would fall into that trap. You know, and not you start know. to get a sense and, of people doing fake mm-hmm. medicine things by their names. And folks, I'm here to tell you as a layman who doesn't know anything about this story. Ernest Krebs Jr. is not a good start. I, I want to tell everybody who has any sort of scientific background who listens to our show right up front that this Krebs has nothing to do with the Krebs of the Krebs cycle. I know, Justin, you're thinking, why would she make this point? Because my first thought when I read this guy's name was like of the Krebs cycle. Uh, do you know what the Krebs cycle is? No, ma'am. It's what our cells do to generate energy when they're using aerobic respiration. It's a cycle that happens. It it, it doesn't matter. The only reason... <coughs> That I mention it is that if you've 
taken science classes, you've probably had to learn the Krebs cycle. And it's the thing that doctors always like to reference as like the thing that doesn't matter anymore for them to know. Like, listen, I don't remember the Krebs cycle, but I know how to handle hypertension. It's like our favorite thing to throw out there is like an example of a the basic you, science concept that we don't remember and don't need to remember is the Krebs cycle. Anyway, this has nothing to do with that Krebs. That's okay. a different Krebs. It sounds like he's not important anyway. No, he's a good guy who okay. made a cycle. I mean, I don't actually, I don't know anything about him, but he made a cycle and he was right. Well, he didn't make it. He like he named, it. It. He Je- named it. He Jesus, named it. He found it. He named it. Jesus made it. Well, more evolution in science. Or Let's not debate that on a podcast. Child, the little baby Christ child. Ernest Krebs was born. His birthday, and you're besmirching him. Was mm. born in Carson City, Nevada, in 1911, and his dad was a doctor, an actual doctor, but he had some very strong opinions about some medicines that he said could be used for cancer. This is Ernest Krebs Sr. Both Krebs okay. are involved in this, uh, really. Um, so, Sr. Krebs, who was a doctor, believed a theory that had been created by a British embryologist named John Beard that all cancers come from trophoblasts. Now, I'm guessing you probably don't know what trophoblasts are. I'm not familiar with the word trophoblasts, but Mm -hmm. I like it. They are cells that form the outer layer of a blastocyst, which is what provides nutrients to the embryo and the placenta in development in embryology. Okay. Okay. So they're just a certain kind of cells that are formed during the first stage of pregnancy. And they are the first ones that kind of differentiate from the the egg that has been fertilized, okay? Okay. These are trophoblasts. He thought that kind of we're born with cancer and the cure for cancer all innate in the developing fetus. We're, the trophoblasts could be cancer. We're born with cancer. We're born with it, as well as the treatment. And he believed that enzymes from our pancreas, specifically trypsin, are the treatment. So we are born with these trophoblasts that can cause cancer, and we're born with these enzymes that can cure cancer. And what's supposed to happen is that when you're a developing developing embryo, these enzymes will stop the cancer from growing. And okay. so you won't get cancer unless something goes wrong, okay. in which case the cancer is there and it's just going to like do its thing, pop up at some point in your life. Right. Okay. So like it's too late. Like you were born with the cancer from your trophoblasts, your pancreatic enzymes, the trypsin did not take care of it. Someday we it will manifest. This okay. was his theory. This is not true. By no. the way, I don't know if you knew that. Like, this is not. Uh, it sounded suspicious to me. <laughs> I will grant you. So, so he believed then that if if you didn't take care of it as a developing embryo, then the treatment for cancer must be to just get some of these enzymes, these these little these little proteins from your pancreas, to get some of these enzymes and to inject them into you, and then will cure cancer that way okay that was his belief based on this theory he wrote this big paper on this and i will say that i mean this stuff was wrong and it takes us in a very uh upsetting direction okay since this will lead to a fake cancer cure that is still on the market today eventually that's where the story ends as you probably guessed fantastic but the paper itself i will say is is pretty fantastic it's bananas. It He compares himself in his paper about his theory, his theory that he just came up with. 
He compares himself to Galileo and Lister and Simmelweis and Pasteur. Wow. Because he is this genius who has come up with this amazing theory. Wow. And nobody believes him, but he is so sure of himself. He he writes in it. This is my favorite. I mean, you should like you could read the whole thing and it's just like I was I was laughing. I don't know if everybody would laugh. I was laughing. But he writes, this is the reason which confers a lasting truth on the words which I wrote down on December 8th, 1904, and which almost immediately gave the solution of the problem of cancer. The mammalian embryo solved the problem of cancer ages ago. Still it moves, commented Galileo. What? Galileo supposedly said that. Still it moves. About his thing? Like Galileo read He's his saying, thing he from is Beyond the Beyond? He is saying that is what Galileo... My version of Galileo's thing. What I just thing. said is just like when Galileo said, still it moves. I will say it's not like t-shirt worthy. The mammalian embryo solved the problem of cancer ages ago. It's not like a bumper sticker. In <laughs> it's the, not the same as still it moves. It lacks the panache. I, no, but I do love the... I love the the chutzpah yeah it is it's excellent i celebrate the chutzpah even though he was wrong uh so based on perhaps time will tell no he's wrong based on this wrong idea from our embryologist uh john beard based on this theory krebs senior because he bought it decided he would sell a pancreatic enzyme he would sell an enzyme from your pancreas when i say that it's just an enzyme made by your pancreas. Okay. Okay. How would he say, would he extract it from other people? Uh, he said he, um, well, he said he could make it. Right so on. he promoted something called chymotrypsin, mm-hmm. which is an enzyme. And he said, you can, you can treat cancer this way. Um, he had already, by the way, it's, it's worth noting that before he started into the fake cancer treatment business, he'd already made a bit of a name for himself treating patients during the, the flu epidemic of 1918 mm-hmm. the, the big giant influenza yeah. yeah outbreak uh he had made a syrup out of parsley called syrup leptinol mm-hmm. and he would try to treat patients who were dying of flu with this he also treated it like asthma and tuberculosis and whooping cough and pneumonia and, i mean anything like that but also the flu um it didn't work at all and the fda had already seized a bunch of syrup leptinol in the early 1920s and said stop stop this is fake this is nothing stop people are dying of flu and then you're you're making them pay for parsley syrup on the way sounds like a it does sound like a cocktail mixer though doesn't it parsley syrup does this sound something you'd add to like gin and and i mean people may have a lot of those old i mean we've talked about that before a lot of those old patent medicines were like i mean bitters bitters yeah. yeah So who knows? Anyway, so he already was selling fake cures before he got into this chymotrypsin cancer business. Um, now, just to take a, a quick detour to tell you where Ernest Krebs Jr. fits into this picture, because mm-hmm. this is really a father-son act that that will you know that we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. So his son was also was seeking to become a doctor, but not quite as successful as his father. Uh, he attended the Hahnemann Medical College, which is now Drexel University College of Medicine. Hahnemann. Th- I feel like we've had a Hahnemann on the show before, mm-hmm. haven't we? Right. Named for the father of homeopathy. Homeopathy. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he he attended the the medical college for three years, but he had 
to repeat one year and then eventually he flunked out. So he never actually got a medical degree. You know, what's a piece of paper? <laughs> he he went on to take more science courses to try to pursue a degree in Mississippi and California and Tennessee, but he um he failed all of his science courses. So he he kept skipping around to different universities trying to Fine. get a degree right and he, he couldn't pass classes so he finally did get a ba from the university of illinois um he called himself a doctor even though he did he did not have a doctorate he claimed to have a phd but actually the only thing that he had gotten that was i guess somewhat similar to a doctorate was a uh, an honorary degree from the american christian college in tulsa oklahoma which I guess does not exist anymore. It it did. It was a small Bible college. It was not actually, they did not have the accreditation to award any advanced degrees, but they gave them anyway, I guess. Hmm. Of course it was an honorary degree. So I guess any, I mean, heck anybody can give those, right? I did say, honorary <laughs> degree. speaking of, uh, they I also didn't have a department of science. Okay. Just, not just so you know, no department of speaking science. Speaking of, <laughs> I am still looking for any higher education facility that will give me an honorary doctorate. I would love <laughs> nothing more than to be able to say doctors Justin and City McElroy. Uh, I will do anything. It whatever it takes to get this honorary doctorate. It just it has to count. It has to be a real, a real honorary, a real fake doctorate. But I will do pretty much anything. So please talk to your college. I'll fly out there. I'll do whatever it takes. Please, please, can't ask enough. On the flip side, I would ask, <laughs> please, nobody give Justin a degree, an honorary doctorate. You shouldn't. Be I worked really hard for mine. You shouldn't feel threatened. <laughs> I worked really hard. Sydney, I'm a straight white man. Don't I deserve it? <laughs> think about it for a second. Doesn't it oh, seem like I right. should have one? That's right. I forgot. Just think about it. I'm just saying. Think about it. Uh, so anyway, he got this honorary degree from this now defunct college that uh, did not have a Department of Science. By the way, I looked into how he got it. I was like, did he attend there? What did he do? Uh, he he went and gave a lecture on one of the fake medicines that he was promoting at the time. Mm -hmm. One of his dad's fake medicines. Um, an hour-long lecture. And for giving this hour-long which sales pitch, essentially. It was a sales pitch. They gave him the honorary degree. God, if that's all it takes, y'all, <laughs> I'm happy to come tell you about some fake medicine. He did later spend two years doing some graduate work in anatomy. I don't know how that works when you don't. I mean, well, he did have a degree. He did get a B.A., but he, he didn't get a medical degree. He has this honorary doctorate. And then he did two years in some sort of fashion uh, uh, doing graduate work in anatomy but they kicked him out. He didn't get to complete the work for, and this is a quote, his pursuit of what was deemed unorthodox. See, that's how they got Frankenstein. That's <laughs> how they got all the really good ones. I don't know the details. Or, Man, I wish I, I did. Dr. Jekyll. Like, anybody who's doing cool stuff is going to get that. That sounds like mm -hmm. being persecuted no. by the fuddy-duddies that don't accept I don't know. It, I think science. I think that it, I think there's some foreshadowing there. I think that's some the very dark. This is where we take a dark turn. But anyway, so we've what got. We, but what are we foreshadowing? Uh, uh well, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. <laughs> but first, let's head to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre. 
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So when we left when we left the Krebs, uh, Krebs Jr. was getting his honorary degree, but no right. other degree. And that's okay, though, because he was going to practice fake medicine anyway, so you don't need a real medical degree right. to practice fake medicine. Absolutely. Uh, you don't need any any kind of certification. You just go for it. Yeah, that's what we've learned. So him and his dad, I mean, that's kind of like, I guess that's kind of nice. Oh, that is nice. Father, pro- son, uh, just a little. Found a project they could yeah. work on together. Senior, junior project. Um, they started promoting fake cancer cures. First was the chymotrypsin, as I already mentioned. Uh, but they, they needed to go bigger. They needed to go further. They wanted their own meds. So Krebs Sr. started promoting a substance called pangamic acid. They named it for the words that mean universal and seed, and they said that it came from seeds, specifically apricot seeds. This is hmm. 
we're going to get into some more apricot seeds. But initially, they're just saying we've got this stuff. It comes from seeds. Um, they patented the process that they used to isolate it. That's good. You got to protect your work. Except no one could ever reproduce this process. That's a whole other next level patent. Here, Here's the wild thing about this. We've talked about a lot of fake medicines on this show. And most of the time it's like it was really just some like honey and whiskey and maybe some cocaine thrown sure. in there or whatever and some herbal stuff this substance whatever this supposedly was we've never been able to isolate what it is That's not it great. may not have ever been one thing they may have made it all up Ooh. so they were so i mean there was an actual physical substance that they were selling something was in the bottle something was in the bottle but as far as what it was i all the studies of the various uh, pangamic acid brands that that sprung up after this and things that were being sold, none of them were found to be the same thing. Same thing. One was just lactose. I mean, they never. Some preparations actually had cancer-causing substances in them. They found bad. So it was never like the FDA eventually said this is an unidentifiable substance. We don't even know how to ban it because it's not a thing. You're just selling <laughs> bottles that say pangamic acid. We don't know how to ban the trash in your bottle. <laughs> it is bad. We all agree. I mean, we don't want to ban lactose, but we do want you to stop selling it right. and calling it something else. Uh, they they claimed it could be used for detox, which we know, right, is not Folks, a thing. You don't need to be detoxed. Put up your alarms every time. Yeah. You know, your liver and kidneys do that for you. They also said it was a treatment for, I mean, it was one of those cure-alls, asthma or joint pain or if your nerves hurt or if no. you have skin problems. You know how when your nerves hurt? <laughs> they also said it was good for racehorses. <coughs> so, I mean, good enough for racehorses, good enough for me, I say. So you can take it for your asthma or give it to your horse. They started referring to it as vitamin B15. Oh, okay. Not That's quite weird. 17 yet. I had to find a few more Bs. <laughs> Uh, and they would also market it later for cancer, for schizophrenia, and then they would say things like, it improves your oxygen. It's good for your heart. The more you eat it, the more you <laughs> fart. <laughs> That's sorry. It's a side effect, folks. We're working on I don't it. Think they said okay. That. <laughs> Not uh, intended. The, That's how this, you know it's working. This vitamin thing is a, is a trend. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but um, if you call something a vitamin, it's regulated differently, mm. it's a supplement. It's no longer a treatment. Burden of proof much, much lower. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to get away with certain things if you're wondering why they're making up vitamins. And apparently it's not that. I would have thought it would be really hard to make up a vitamin. Yeah. Right. But as we've discussed, pangamic acid wasn't even a substance. <laughs> and it, got, it was named a vitamin. <laughs> and it wasn't even a thing. Hi, science. It's me. <laughs> Krebs. I've invented a new vitamin. Well, what's in it, Krebs? Um, I don't know. Nothing. It depends on which bottle you get, it's, I guess. It's trash and nothing, and I put it in a bottle. Is it a vitamin? Yeah, I guess so. What's the next number? <laughs> it's not taken. You got 17 slot right in there. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Okay, so this wasn't enough. The, this was not to be their legacy. This mm. Because they needed a substance. They needed something that could be put in multiple bottles and at least at least proven to be the same thing, even if it was still not effective in any way. Right. So their greatest legacy is a uh, substance that they, they built upon the work of other scientists who had been isolating something from almond seeds called amygdalin. And they wanted to isolate 
this same thing, amygdalin. Now, Krebs Sr. had a lot of different stories about where where and why he got this stuff, how he came up with it and what his process was and all that. In his book, he said that he had already theorized that uh, cancer proteins, whatever he was calling cancer proteins, mm. uh, could be broken down by an enzyme. And he had actually made this when he was a student. Uh, he initially tried it out in animals and he found that it was toxic. So he had to boil it down. And eventually he came up with this substance that we are going to learn the name of is laetril. 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 L-A-E-T-R-I-L-E. It's a made up thing. So who cares? Laetril. So laetril. Now, there were other stories later that came up, so it's it's not quite clear exactly how he came up with this stuff or how his version was synthesized. Um, and as time would go on, it would be a variety of different things as well, although there is something here. There's an actual substance at the root of it all. Um, there was another story that he, for a while, uh, ran a business where he would um, analyze whiskey for wood alcohol and he developed it while he was working on a bourbon flavoring extract somehow. Just kind of a side hustle. <laughs> um, kind of a side hustle to curing cancer. Yeah, that he that he somehow isolated this enzyme accidentally from like mold growing on bear. I don't know. There, there's a bunch of wild stories. Um, what what he eventually started using to get this substance to synthesize the substance however he started he eventually started using apricot pits oh okay for it so that is that is where to get um, this to get the whiskey no to get get the the amygdalin to get the laetrol he used apricot pits this is not bourbon related no this just may have been there's all these like usually if you find usually when a scientific discovery is made it's a pretty clear cut story, you know, like we've talked about Fleming and penicillin, right? right. Like it's just, it is what it is. Like left he left some Petri, Petri dishes dish out, out and a mold grew. Yeah. It's not like, you know, there's not, <laughs> there's not a mysterious right. convoluted multiple tales about where it came from. There's yeah. usually just like, it's, not, it's, it's, it's like not, written in a paper. It's not various legends. No. <laughs> and, and most of the time it's not even as exotic as Fleming's penicillin story. It's usually just like, we tried a bunch of things and then one thing worked and it's like formula 409, right? right? It was the 409th formula. That's usually the way these stories work. So when you see all these like myth mythos surrounding the origins, right. I would raise an eyebrow anyway. So they've, they finally settled on apricot pits as the the way to get this extract and sell it as laetrile. And um, in 1949, June, Jr. actually modified the process and branded it, and that was the official, this is the beginning of this substance, laetrile. Uh, it was pushed as a medicine that could cure cancer at first. It was, this is a treatment. They mm-hmm. started selling it as a medicine, as a treatment. This will cure your cancer we know because of this weird background story, and we promise we did some animal studies. We're going to suggest maybe we did some human studies, even though we definitely did not. We did right. not do any studies. Right. We're going to kind of hint that we might have, um, and we're going to sell it. And, of course, the FDA came in and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't. No, 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 no. None of this is right. You can't say any of this. So they rebranded it, 
as a vitamin B17. Okay, sure. Now, here was the problem. They'd Where already was B16? come up. <laughs> yes, I agree, Sydney. They they said that it worked by breaking down cancer proteins, right? Like right. that was their whole thing. We know how cancer is formed. We have this weird theory, and we need to break down these protein, these cancer cells that come from trophoblasts. We need to break it down with enzymes, and this is why this works. Well, if all of a sudden it's a vitamin, that whole theory falls apart. Right. So they changed their theory about cancer to go with it. Then they said, never mind, we were wrong about what cancer is caused by. Instead, it's just a deficiency of this. All cancer is just a deficiency of vitamin B17, and we sell by vitamin B17. So you do the math. So this is all fake, but it's a very simple pitch. And it's easy to see, I think, why people sometimes fall into the traps of these fake cures, because that's a very logical progression. If you accept that cancer is just a deficiency of a vitamin, then taking the vitamin would cure cancer. Sure. That makes sense. Now, all of this is wrong, but it's a lot simpler of a pitch than the actual science behind anything in medicine, right? Right. Which is a lot more hard. It was a lot more difficult to explain. Right. Anyway, a lot of different doctors and medical boards started hearing these claims and getting complaints about it because this was bananas. Uh, However, there were other doctors who heard them and said, hey, maybe that's true. Uh, Specifically, there was a family medicine doctor. Hurts my heart. I know. Bad job, y'all. In California, named Arthur Harris, who became a huge supporter, and he changed the name of his office, his family medicine office, to the Harris Cancer Clinic. I don't think you're allowed. I mean, I guess you, well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to, but you shouldn't. And the, the California Medical Association began to receive complaints, so they actually approached Krebs and said, we need some evidence of this. Like, now we've got these cancer clinics popping up, and we don't know why, and this shouldn't work, and... Oh, you know, give us some evidence. He provided some case reports like, well, here's some stories of patients I cured, but no trials, mm. no big, large studies to prove anything. Right. They offered him the chance to perform a study at L.A. County Hospital. And he did it and it worked. No, and he Matt- said, I will only do it if you let me put my supporters in charge of the entire study. Hey, no, bad. Right. That's bad. Right. For right. science. Well, that doesn't. So, and of course, the California Medical Association said, well, no, we can't, that, no, we can't do that. And so he said, well, never mind, you can't do the study then. So that was that. Yeah. Um, This may have just faded away like their other attempts at fake medicines. If it weren't for a certain individual who was not, uh, not necessarily, he did, he had no medical training, but he did have money and uh, power and the ability to market a substance, Andrew McNaughton. Who's that? Uh, this was a guy, he met Krebs in 1965, and he had already kind of made a name for himself as like a test pilot for the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, he'd gotten training in electrical engineering and geology and mining and business, and he'd he'd already made a huge fortune. He was a very rich, powerful guy. Like he'd worked with Castro, and Castro had made him an honorary citizen of Cuba for some of his... Some of the work he'd done, folks. Again, if you Big, can't offer, guy. if you can't offer an honorary mm-hmm. doctorate, if you can't make me an honorary citizen of Cuba, that would work too. <laughs> That's fine. Take what I can get at this point. Just honorary anything. Honorary anything. So anything it doesn't require work, but does like seem impressive i'm down for so mcnofton's this big powerful rich guy who already has a foundation where he's trying to 
fund projects that he see he deems on the outer limits of scientific knowledge. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> so he meets Krebs, and Krebs int- intrigues him. He tells him about the Laetrile Wars, the wars Good over old, this. Yeah. He's created a cure for cancer. Nobody wants him to get it to the public. And he has and the guts. He is totally swayed by this argument, and he starts promoting and distributing it. Um, he founded the International Biozymes Limited to distribute it in Canada, and he built factories in seven countries, and he basically makes it this giant thing. He even like helps with the PR for it. He commissions a freelance writer to publish articles about it, to write a book. This guy, Glenn Kittler, writes a whole book about the hidden cancer cure that Ugh. nobody wants you to know about. Ugh. He paid for a surgeon to come, this guy, John Marone, to come attend a lecture and then publish articles about it. So McNaughton is really the guy who, I think they call him now like the godfather of Laetrile or whatever, but he is the guy who made it a thing with his money and his influence. Um, everybody got on board. If you're curious, he would later get in trouble for stock fraud. Ah. And be, but all he was, he was fined $10,000 and was sentenced to one day in jail. He served neither. He did <laughs> not pay the money, nor did he serve the day in jail. I think oh, he just yeah. left Canada or something. I'll do it. So anyway, um, because of all this, uh, more fa- more doctors got on board with this fake cure. Um, it became very popular I- with Dr. Ernesto Contreras, who was working just across the border from where Krebs was was a lot of the time in Tijuana. And so it, it became like this. He would like funnel patients down as, as stuff was getting cracked down in the U.S. as more and more um, doctors were getting shut down for doing this in the U.S., uh, Krebs would just kind of draw patients in and then funnel them down across the border to Contreras right, right. where he could give them the, the Laetrile, charge them like $150 a month. Uh, he treated thousands of patients there. And like when they asked for any evidence, do you have anything to publish? Like you treated thousands of patients. You say you cured them. Where's your, where's right, your data? You have to yeah. He, he only ever presented 12 cases and of the 12, six of them had had still died so it didn't work two ended up using conventional cancer treatments one still had cancer but was still alive and three they could never find so that's a out of the thousands he claimed that's a zero right on that that's a zilcho so legal battles raged over this for years um various doctors getting shut down and reprimanded and you know losing their licenses and um the you know the government seizing you know, shipments of Laetrile in different parts of the country and all kinds of stuff. The National Cancer Institute did two studies to try to, like, one, investigate or, I mean, you know, is there anything here? And two, prove if there isn't, let's just put it to bed. Um, One was like a retrospective study where they just sent letters out to, like, every doctor and health professional who had ever used it. It was like 385,000 doctors and 70,000 other health professionals and said, send us your cases. Right. Send us your proof. They got 93, they got 93 responses of these. Only two of those patients were actually in cancer remission. Four were in partial remission and they could never prove that these people even existed. Great. It was all just word of mouth. It was all just stated. They also received a bunch of case reports from doctors uh, saying that it didn't work, which they didn't ask for. They just said, send us your success stories. And they got a bunch of, well, I don't have those, but here are a bunch of cases. Here's another thing I have. Uh, they did a clinical trial after that using Laetrile, and the results were absolutely clear. Not a single patient was cured. Not a single patient was stabilized. 
using the laetrile. And they use the stuff made by his company, by the way. So the official. The official laetrile. Uh, the the survival rate was 4.8 months from the start of therapy. And in those who were still alive, their tumors had gotten bigger. Um, in addition, several patients experienced symptoms of cyanide toxicity. Hmm. Why did they experience symptoms of cyanide toxicity? Because well, Because in apricot seeds, much like lima beans and apple seeds and a few other things, mm-hmm. there is a, uh, something in it that causes your body to produce cyanide. Yep. Very good, Justin. Thank you. I remember that. Very, very good. So yes, not only was it not curing cancer. Or your body produces cyanide or processes as cyanide. You end up as a byproduct. You have cyanide. Okay. Yeah. So so yes. So it also was giving some people cyanide poisoning. Cool. Cool vitamin. Yeah. So mm, it is not vitamins. a vitamin. It might kill you and it won't cure your cancer. Let's get this into Flintstones. So Come on. This, and this study, by the way, was back in the 80s. This should have closed the books on Laetrile forever. Should have. Should have. Should have. It doesn't work and it might give you cyanide poisoning. Yes. Uh, despite all this, you can still buy apricot seeds, apricot pits. You can buy B17. You can buy amygdalin, whatever you want to call it, online. It is still sold. Uh, I don't know if Laetrile, the brand. brand Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's still, but I think they still use that name. Proponents of it still use that name. Um, the, the, The hospital that Contreras founded down in Tijuana is still open. Mm -hmm. And they provide a variety of alternative treatments for cancer and fake treatments for cancer. And this is among them. You can still get this. Uh, It can indeed give you cyanide poisoning. I'm not going to say that happens most of the time, but it might happen to you. It's possible. And more importantly, it does not treat or cure cancer at all. Period. It doesn't do anything. No. It doesn't do anything. But it's still out there. And you can buy them online. I found that that was how how I got to this topic is our, our wonderful listener suggested it. And I followed their link and found where I could buy bags of apricot seeds, and they're, they're and actually. Said, what is that URL so people can get some of their very own no, I'm not gonna right say, now? I'm gonna do that. You oh. can. I mean, you can look at it, but they they tout them for everything, and because the, they've changed their claims over the years, they've said, well, you know, it, maybe it doesn't cure cancer, but it definitely stabilizes it. Well, maybe it doesn't stabilizes it, but it definitely helps chemo. If you get chemo, you can do this too, and it helps it. Okay, well, maybe it doesn't do that, but it definitely helps cancer pain. Okay, well, maybe it doesn't do any of that, but it's really good for you. It detoxes you, and it's good for general wellness. That's what when when you don't know what else to say about your fake medicine slash supplement, just say it's good for general wellness because that means nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And you can, I guess, put it on a bag and sell it to people on the Internet. There you go. Well, folks, B-17 sounds real. It isn't. So if you see anybody you know and love talking about B-17, make sure you point them towards this episode so they'll have a rich full rich understanding yes it might it might harm them and it will not help them uh sid the holiday season has arrived and we had a special a special plug uh uh two things we wanted to to mention why don't you go first then i'll go second well first of all we uh would ask again this year we are we are doing the candle night stars um if you remember last year we picked a, uh, a an organization in our in the state of West Virginia that needed a little bit of help this time of year, and um, we are doing the same thing this year with the uh, Women's Health Clinic of West Virginia, Women's Health Center of West Virginia. 
they are the last remaining um, health uh, clinic in this state that provides comprehensive reproductive health services uh, for anyone in need. It is a nonprofit organization. Uh, they won't they won't turn you away no matter what. And so they need donations to help keep them afloat. Uh, even if you don't have insurance, they don't they don't care. They're there to help you. They provide comprehensive gynecologic family planning services, uh, contraception, uh, pregnancy management, everything, um, all reproductive health services. And they're the last one in the state and they need our help. And so we are asking if you would like to contribute to that. Uh, we have a GoFundMe page uh, for Candle Night Stars. So just go to bit.ly forward slash Candle Night Star. And if you can contribute, uh, anything will help them. Uh, what we're asking is if you can give $5, uh, we will put your name on a star and it will be displayed on the Candle Night stage this year. Uh, we're not doing a giant banner because that took a really long time. We're going to do it in beautiful garlands. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> garlands. Uh, we also won't accidentally get hot glue on the stage that way. In our hands. And our beautiful baby hands. That's the bigger thing. Uh, but if if you can give uh, even five dollars, if you can't, even just sharing the link, uh, spreading the word, it really helps people in need, people who um, deserve to receive reproductive health services and might not be able to in this state. Uh, folks, uh, I have one real quick too. It's um, my brother, my brother, me, Angels time uh, once again. There's this list called Empty Stockings that our local paper puts out every year. Um, which features a lot of really heartbreaking needs in our area for this holiday season. Some are parents who just want to get something under the tree for their kids. Some are adults who need a little help. Um, and we are, uh, well, our listeners really work together every year to try to meet those needs. If you go to mbmbamangels.com, you can claim items. They are uh, almost all claimed up, but you can also donate money that'll be go towards uh, larger items. They've bought beds. They've bought uh, uh, wheelchair ramps for, for places. It is, it is really an amazing effort. And if you go to mbmbamangels.com, you can get involved with that. Uh, so, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, Sid, anything else? No, I think you? that'll do it. Thank you so much. And um, Oh, thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicine says the intro and outro of our program. That too. That's going to do it for us, folks. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.